You're listening to Extra Textual, the show where we tell stories about movies while the movies tell our stories. Each episode will bring you a special guest who shares a personal story connected to a meaningful film in their life. Then we share some kind of connected story from our own film experiences. And as always, we learn something new about ourselves and others. Welcome to Extra Textual. This is going to be sort of a special episode for us. Uh, We've talked a lot about one of our loves on this show, and uh, that is Star Wars. So it's just Jeremy and I this week, and we are just talking about some of the stuff happening in Star Wars recently. Are you excited for this, Jeremy? I, I, I am. Um, I, I, I just drank a tall glass of water out of my uh, unique commemorative um, uh, Sith and good guys uh, tumblers that I got from the Alamo Draft House when I was in there watching Rise of the Skywalker oh, this nice. January. Oh, nice. It's got both sides? Hold on. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll show you. Okay. You know this is audio. Yeah, I know. I know. But I, it's not- <laughs> Oh, it's two tumblers. I thought it was one tumbler that had both sides. There you go. That's very nice. They're, they're pretty high quality. There's some nice illustration on here from, yeah. from the movie. So I sort of want to start us out by telling you a little bit about my youth, Jeremy. About your youth, Eli? My youth. And I think I've said on this show before. Back in Iowa. Back in Iowa. That... I've always had Star Wars in my consciousness, right? Yeah. It's always been there. Like, I don't remember a time that I didn't know Star Wars. And I think you've maybe expressed something similar. Yeah. I mean, we were were about right at the age where they were coming on TV and VHS, and we we had them available, right? Yeah. Even though we may not have been in the theater for all of those originals. My experience of it was in my own home. Yeah. We had all of them on one long-playing VHS. Yeah. So I always knew it, but fans of Star Wars talk about sort of like this dark period of time where we didn't think there was ever going to be any more Star Wars, right? George Lucas seemed to be done. Maybe we were playing like the Star Wars role-playing game and like Star Wars video games and... But that's all we had, essentially. And so I think in my, say, junior high years, I had sort of dropped off those last few years of kind of like watching the movies a lot and stuff because there wasn't anything to kind of keep it fresh in my mind right as i was growing older and so growing up in a small town in iowa as you mentioned we had two places to rent movies rent videos on vhs uh it was either the gas station (laughs) come and go yeah everybody knows that great name and um the local pizza place who had a couple walls of videos that you could rent besides, you know, getting your, your local pizza there. Uh, so, uh, Mark's pizza, if you needed to know. So, uh, good pizza, good pizza. So I would go to the pizza shop and would get to rent videos sometimes myself. And so I found the original star Wars films there. We didn't have copies personally. And so I was like, I need to refresh my my memory of these. And so it was this cool experience of me just kind of going back and remembering. And like, you know, the the images and ideas really had stuck with me, but um, rediscovering like the details of it um, really clearly. And I think going into high school, I became much more 
kind of knowledgeable on it because I just kind of dived into it a lot more. And, and you know, by adulthood, you know, I, I knew every bitten part of those original trilogies. So then, you know, going into high school, we, as you said, they, there did start to be a little more materials. I think Dark Horse picked up the rights to the comics. Yeah. And so there was a little more going on there more novels, games, um, that you could play card games even and things. So, and then we started to get news of the prequels, right? Um, and leading up to the release of the prequels, there was Mm -hmm. the golden age where, I mean, more the silver age when they re-released them in the theaters. Right. Right. And, and it just seemed like, I mean, I, at that time I went to a a private school and Mm -hmm. I only got off like every third or fourth weekend, but like Mm -hmm. every, every new weekend I had off, there was, I could go with my older brother to see the new Star Wars movie. Special edition. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was just, uh, great. Mm -hmm. I mean, I Mm -hmm. I wish they should do it. They should do like every five years or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's the whole debate over the uh, the updates to it, the facts yeah. and stuff. But I think it was going back to when I first re-rented them from that video store, and this cool experience in life of sort of rediscovering a world yeah. that was so fascinating to get into, and maybe having a little bit older sense of the emotions in it, too. Yeah, yeah. Not just, like, the playfulness of it. So I think there... Thinking about the the latest film, The Rise of Skywalker, and we're going to talk about The Mandalorian today, too, because they both kind of came out right around the same time. Mandalorian started a little bit earlier before the movie came out. So it's, it's easy to kind of contrast them. But I'm having trouble wrapping my mind around The Rise of Skywalker, where I feel like it's both masterfully made technically, sort of, and it feels sort of good watching it, but it sort of like loses some of its luster to think back on it. And there's a lot of things that I could have gripes with and uh, nits to pick. Um, and I don't, it's, it's both like a weird feeling of, I don't feel unsatisfied or unresolved. Not that I felt that there was a lot to be like resolved as a um, nine film series. But at the same time, sort of not even feeling like let down, but maybe that is this really the story that we should have gotten? Does that make sense? Like, I'm not dissatisfied with that film necessarily in a lot of ways, but I don't think as a, as a complete story, and we can talk more about this, it, it definitely was not thought out, right? And, and, and everybody, you know, most most general knowledge is the prequels are not not as good. So I, I kind of just kind of leave that where that is. But it was a complete story, at least. Yeah. So I'm kind of wondering w- where you're at going into the ninth and final Skywalker film. The ninth film. and final Skywalker film. Yeah. So, uh, well... First of all, I mean, I don't even see them as like the Skywalker set of nine movies. I mean, yeah, even I don't the, know that it had to be that. No. And, uh, um, <laughs> this film sort of made it that. Yeah, yeah. and I, it just, I mean, the first time I watched the film, watched it in Flick's Brew House here in Madison, Wisconsin, which is a great place to watch films. Um, I was like pretty like. Mm, unabashedly disappointed mm. with the movie. Mm. 
And it took me a lot. I mean, and I am, for those regular listeners of the show, I mean, I am generally not a picky or gripey fanboy about stuff, or at least I try mm-hmm. not to be. Yeah. But I do generally have strong opinions about stuff. And mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk more about the details, but watching the movie, it, it came down to me thinking, like, Ryan Johnson seemed to really, like, uh, treat the Star Wars story with respect mm-hmm. and and some level of reverence. Because, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of... And, and, and I say reverence not because it's, like, something a bunch of people are, like, really into and it has mm-hmm. lots of a following. And I just mean, like, the kinds of things that people said in it. Mm-hmm. You know, the kinds of larger issues that were talked about. I mean, mm-hmm. like... I mean, some of... I probably... I mean... For me, I'll just, I don't know, you know, like, yeah. like my first foray into philosophy was through <laughs> Star Wars, through yeah, yeah, yeah. things Yoda say, yet right. says, through things Ben says, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, and if I, I just, if I, to this day, if I'm going to be told, like, a truth about the universe... I'm sitting on a log and it's Ben Kenobi. Like that's that's how <laughs> like I envision yeah. like the universe telling me about how mm-hmm. stuff works. So uh, the other part, like by the by the end of the film, when like Ray defeats the Emperor and what just seems like a ridiculous nonsense mm-hmm. gobbledygook ending, and then yeah. the kiss. I I mean I just felt like it was in some sense like unfair to be critical of the movie. On, on a lot of levels because it wasn't trying to be the thing that I wanted it to be. Like Yeah, I mean maybe that's getting at it. I mean, I, I kind of feel like the same I almost like I can't for some reason the way the film is made or presented, I feel like it's almost like I can't be too critical of it almost. Like it is a fun adventure in the Star Wars world. It's it's well made, lavishly made. And I had a good time. Can I really like, you know, knock points off for yeah. for that? I mean, as a Star it, Wars in this, it gets one of those things that like it, it it's somewhat in the category of us, like, you know, like when we griped about like us intellectual gamers like griping mm-hmm. about like people that play Call of Duty like taking mm-hmm. over the entire like game economy. Yeah, you know, like what about what about yeah. us that were playing Ravenloft and you know <laughs> and like Commander Keen. Um, Back in the day, uh, in, in some sense, like, uh, I, 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 it pains me to say this, but, like, it just felt dumb. Mm. You know, like, yeah. I mean, it, it was like a, it was like someone, like a child making, <laughs> like, a, some, like a Star Wars movie. Like, oh, wait, mm-hmm. there's supposed to be space battle. Oh, wait, there's supposed right, to right. be tension. Oh, wait, there's supposed to be, like, an Checking old guy with boxes. lightning. Yeah. And it just, it felt flat. I mean, some, yeah. of the, some of the best parts about it, I think um, are you can see you can see that they had a some sense of what this could have been. Mm-hmm. They just there's so much that gets crammed, yeah, in there that like there's no room for I think creativity and genius in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean like a friend of mine who like obsesses about Star Wars who's not you. <laughs> um, was like listening to a whatever, yeah. Like when Kylo Ren jumps on that thing and says "ouch" at the end, hmm. that is a highlight for me. <laughs> for some reason, that captures some of what, because it also like I mean, the feel of Star Wars. Well, yeah. something that carries the import of what's happening, hmm. like when he smiles, hmm. like that is interesting to yeah, me. Yeah. 
And that is powerful in, in his story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I initially hated about 98% of the ending. Mm. The second time I watched it, though, I did see what I thought they might have been going for, which I liked more. I only hated mm. like 80%. <laughs> and that was because um, Ray says something like, I'm going to beat you, Emperor, or whatever. Yeah. And the Emperor says, you know, but when 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 I was last defeated, when Luke beat me, whatever, like his, his father saved him. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's no one here to there's save no family. you, Ray. Yeah, yeah. I'm your family, yeah. Because... The, again, like part of what I seem like Ryan Johnson was going for in the second film was that this is just Rey. Mm-hmm. She's not Rey Skywalker. Right. She's not Rey of the great lineage of dragon slayers or, mm-hmm. you know, she's just Rey. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, my friends and I talk about it, we, like Rey from nowhere, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so that story is cool. Mm-hmm. And I like that. It's mm-hmm. and one of the best reviews that I read about the contrast between eight and nine talked about the iconoclastic elements of episode eight. Mm. They're breaking down heroes, they're breaking down the good guys because mm-hmm. of that stuff with DJ. They're they're just sort of they're breaking down Luke the great masterful Jedi. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, and like I said when we talked about episode eight, like they you got to have both. Yeah. You got to have this vision of like Luke doing his Jedi Academy and this sort of crusty old mm-hmm. Luke, who's on the on the cusp of learning the deep lessons that he's been trying to learn his yeah. whole life. I know Ryan Johnson has said that um, he really tried to think of, and he does this in a lot of his films. What would be like the hardest thing for this character to go through, or like yeah. make their mission the hardest? Would be Ray is not special. Her family's not special. Right. Uh, Luke loses his faith in being a Jedi. Like yeah. those things would be the hardest things for them to deal with right yeah. um, which is it makes it that makes them interesting characters yeah, right? yeah. and so you know I, there's also like you talk and so those are some of my favorite parts yeah. i mean i think it raises uh for me in my mind the new film how good the last jedi is like it made it even yeah. better I mean, and and I think that becomes a generational gem. Yeah, like we're yeah. not going to get that right for another go round. And I was thinking so much. I'm not so strict about not those people that have been like George Lucas should have finished his series or whatever. I'm not because obviously the prequels were not great. <laughs> it's not the same vision exactly of the original. Uh, but I do feel like they definitely did not have a plan for these three films, a through line. And you can see it and feel it. Yeah. And it did need, and again, I'm not so much like we need an auteur to have oversaw these, but there needed to be a vision if they're going to tell those three films as a story, right? Mm-hmm. As a continuation of that. And, and it didn't feel like that. But I think Ryan Johnson did a good job of, like you said, He's doing new things, but he's also staying in what makes Star Wars great and that world. I think he he runs that line. Because I also don't want to see a... I mean, some people are like, well, Star Wars should do new things. We should see you know them advance it. And and I think there's there's room for that outside of this trilogy, too. There, you know, we've seen some other interesting films, um, Rogue One and, and the Solo movie. And you can do that, but I think we can also still give it that original Star Wars feel and also push these characters into new places and have surprises. Um, I think The Last Jedi was the last time I've been surprised 
seeing a Star Wars film in the theater, you know, yeah. including the, the prequels and all that. That personally I've seen, that gives me that sort of same surprise of Darth Vader being Luke's father or Leia yeah. being the sister of Luke. Um, we had those sort of big surprises in that film. Yeah. Um, watching it. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, and, and I've seen um, uh, The Last Jedi many times and there's mm-hmm. just this like, unmistakable gestalt it's a good name right <laughs> for the film yes rise of skywalker the, is horrible the last jedi is horrible i mean it's like it's it's so good that you would you could confuse it with the, one of the original mm-hmm. three mm-hmm. right I, yeah. I like i know that so one of the things that differs between you and i is that i do not call episode three a new hope mm. i call it star wars yeah i mostly do too yeah which is totally fine and i didn't really you know i mean it makes sense yeah right so you have The Last Jedi, which I think has a great title. Mm-hmm. And it has like, you know, and, 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 and the hallmarks of a good title for me are your perception of its meaning changes across the film. Mm. And it does. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you think it's kind of Rey and then you, then it's Luke and then it's Rey again, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe it's Leia or all this sorts of stuff. You yeah. know, there's all kinds of, it's like an active conversation partner throughout the entire film. Mm-hmm. And my experience of it, having watched it many times, is... I can see now the first time I watched it, like it's not perfect, but like once they get to crate, like it becomes so terribly captivating because mm-hmm. like everything that happens, I do not know what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought those like ski things were a bit clunky, and I right. wish like like sure. like George Lucas knows how to design a goddamn ship. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. The general vision of like them on that red planet with mm-hmm. the white salt charging out into the blazing sun yeah. with the walkers, fantastic, right. just mm-hmm. absolutely visionary. And then to have like Luke allow the bad guys to a uh, good guys to escape by like drawing Kylo Ren's like childish anger <laughs> in a in a shadow boxing match. Right. Fan- I mean, just fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And even watching it, you know, probably like the fifth time or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that battle is great. Yeah, yeah. Like, that is, like, top three, like, you know, samurai, Jedi showdowns. And I think I, I recently sent you um, this comparison that came out yeah. of Je- uh, Rey's training and her her lightsaber moves almost exactly patterning um, Kylo Ren's, yeah. which, again, is just, like, amazing to have that forethought of mm-hmm. people just now sort of realizing yeah. this this sort of shadow and this connection between them even even to that degree, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And yeah. I mean I, I know like, you know, maybe, you know, fifteen years ago we would have been like ragging on George Lucas about stuff. But yeah. I mean there are a few um sort of fan stories. Like I don't know if you've talked about like the uh like the the ring theory in connection to the prequels Mm -hmm. like so i mean when you look at like the shot by shot comparison of the beginning and the end it's it's symmetrical right and and, you know like and i don't know like what that means and it doesn't (laughs) necessarily mean that it has um better storytelling but Mm -hmm. it does have a completeness and a forethought that that can only be expressed in that kind of way you know i think i think yeah that connection i mean this i mean i mean the, the 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 part that I wanted to, to say also about The Last Jedi is it, it, it I think, does balance uh, something which is 100% Star Wars mm-hmm. with something that is a little bit 
interesting and new. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does that in a way that, I mean, I, I I just am not sympathetic in general to the like main complaints. Like Leia comes back from the dead, they get a canto bite, yeah, yada yada, all these things. Yeah. Um, I I like all of them. Yeah, I mean, I think Canto Bites doing, trying to say some interesting new things yeah. about that world, which, you know, of course get dropped in The Rise of the Skywalker. But yeah, I mean, overall, maybe that section is not completely successful, but what it's trying to say, I love seeing rooms full of aliens. I'm a sucker for that, yeah. so I'll go for that. Uh, and that was his chance to do that, so I, I don't begrudge yeah. him that. Yeah. Um, and so when we get to. I guess there's just, uh, there's like a bucket and it has dumb written on it. And there's just so <laughs> many things from Rise of Skywalker that go in there. Yeah. Like the dagger. Yeah, the dagger is bad. It doesn't seem Star Wars and doesn't make sense. Yeah. And that, and, that and like there's the, this, I use. mean, yeah. one of the things, I, so Kylo Ren has a great line when he lands and he says, ouch. Right. That's great. He also mm-hmm. says like this line to Ray, which like, I can imagine. So th- this is the line. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Your parents were nothing because they chose to be nothing," mm-hmm. and like this is like the linchpin of how like the Last Jedi fits in with the Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And it's like I imagine those motherfuckers sitting around a table <laughs> trying to figure out how to make that work and coming right. up with this. And it's moments like that where I can clearly see, like. The you know like J.J. Abrams and a few script writers in a room that I am no longer part of this story. Yeah, like that is not Kylo Ren is not saying that because Kylo Ren says that. Mm-hmm. He's not saying that because Ray needs to hear it. Mm-hmm. He's not saying that for any other reason other than something completely outside of the story as it relates yeah. to Kylo it's just and for Ray. The audience, yeah. It's it's just it's just for the franchise. Right and. I mean, I, I, I just, it's, it's not so much the unbelievability of the, the emperor, which I, I'm like, fine. Like, mm-hmm. like Palpatine's bad. Like, right, right. go fight the big bad. Like, yeah, yeah. good on you. Um, I was, I mean, I was, I think like the giant room filled with Sith or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's Followers. in the yeah, dumb yeah. box. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and like, people, yeah. also in the dumb box, I, and I don't know what J.J. Abrams' obsession with this is, mm-hmm. but like... Every like, uh, this is it's he's like Oprah with the deaths like the uh, the Star Destroyers and you get a planet killing gun and you get a planet killing gun and you get a planet killing gun, but every you have, time but, that's gonna work right right one of these times it's gonna work. but you like have to and, and you like he's like well and here's 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 how what we're gonna do we're gonna put it on a, a little planet where there's only like a tiny little hole that they can fly through yeah like oh man it's so bad and, and yeah. it's like it. And I think maybe it's also one of those things where what I was called the Green Lantern problem, like he had near infinite budget, mm-hmm. could do pretty much ever he wanted. Mm-hmm. And I do like, I do like the Sith. I mean, mm-hmm. I like... Yeah, that concept, yeah. Yeah, like I love the world of the Knights of the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that conflict as it plays out in uh, Clone Wars and mm-hmm. in Rebels. There's a lot of really interesting things there. Mm-hmm. But this is, a, I mean... I, no offense to my seven-year-old child, who I love dearly, <laughs> but like those are the kind of star destroyers he, he would design. Right. He's like, "What do you do? I put yeah. the Death Star put gun, put gun on, on its it. butt. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Come I mean, on." It definitely felt like there were things like they decided. Um, Ray would get 
Leia's lightsaber. They were like, it'd be cool to have Leia have a lightsaber and get that. Yeah. But then they like work themselves into corners and be like, well, now we got to explain how Leia trained as a Jedi to be um, trained with her lightsaber to be a Jedi. And so now, oh, we have to show that somehow. So now we have to figure out how to have this scene where they have to wear these blast helmets. So we don't see their face all the time because we can't really use her, but we see it for a moment and we have to like throw this in and we never knew that before. So it was like all these, and the film like felt like a lot of that. Like we had this concept and now we got to like work backwards to fit it in. Or we have to answer this fan question because they're going to say, well, what about Ray's parents? You said this before. Oh, we got to like address that. Right. Um, It, it just, I mean, uh, yes, I I agree with you 100% except 98%. Yeah. I actually liked seeing young Luke and young Leia training in the forest. I know it was CGI and I know I complain about that a lot. Yeah. But, um, to, to have a moment where Leia's training as a Jedi, mm-hmm. that's worth it to me. Yeah. However... I didn't dislike that. I just think well, it, and, w- it was sort of shoehorned in. Oh, yeah, yeah. no. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. then, like, there's a line at the end of that sequence where she's like, you know, and, and he says, you know, and then she saw that her son at the end of her... Tra- like, yeah. this is terrible. <laughs> like, I mean, and, and, and I guess, like, one of the things that um, I, I... And I, I... This is just how I feel about it. Like... For everything George Lucas did in the prequels, he did not, in my opinion, make it stupid. Mm. Like, I, I may not have loved that pod race, mm-hmm. but you and I were with Tyler, and Tyler loved that pod race. Yeah. And some of our younger Star right, Wars right. lovers love that. Cool. Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah. I want to give me, like, yeah. I need. I need re. I need shit that's built out of like battleship kits flying in space. <laughs> like I, I need you know George Lucas, yeah, style shooting. I don't need you know this new CGI running through a canyon stuff. But mm-hmm. it wasn't stupid. Yeah, and uh, the Force Awakens not stupid. Yeah. Last Jedi not stupid. Mm-hmm. Rise of Skywalker a whole lot of stupid. Yeah, and what and and just what I mean by stupid is like these things. That if you're making like a no offense, Mr. Stallone, like a Rambo movie, and mm-hmm. like Rambo First Blood Part Two is a nearly perfect film, so I don't have from beginning to end structurally and tonally. Don't I love it. All those, yeah. No, I love those. Yeah. But like, there's just so many hallmarks and of like cheesy slap together cinema mm-hmm. that it has no place in Star Wars, and yeah. and that like regardless of like whether it's the Emperor or Snoke. Mm-hmm. Or fucking something we haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. Like that is what bothers me most about it, mm-hmm. and 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 it's the same thing that it's like it's not worth my criticism mm-hmm. because it's not it it's not like the it's not Star Wars. Yeah. I mean it is, yeah. but it 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 is so much like I mean it it is it it misses so much of what set Star Wars apart from other films. Mm-hmm. I mean it's not Beastmaster. Like it's yeah. not. Right. You know, Conan, which are great films. And yeah. it's not, you know, like Buckaroo Banzai or <laughs> any of these other... And it's not Star Trek, you know, yeah. like... And it and it, it just seemed to lose some of its uh, storytelling intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it seems to come structurally from having to come after episode eight. And, yeah, but I mean... I, the, the one moment that I, I just want to linger on for just a second <laughs> is when... Kylo goads Ray into like using her Palpatine powers mm. to destroy the transport and kill mm-hmm. Chewie. Mm-hmm. 
at that moment, I was like, oh, shit. This movie just started. Yeah. Like, just like now, now you have me. Mm-hmm. And to find out that that was just a clever reversal was just so disheartening. Yeah. And people are like, oh, you can't kill Chewie. I'm like, yeah, you can with a yeah. giant sack of nuts. You can. I mean, like he's... that's that's artistic courage. Like that yeah. I respect. Yeah. I mean, he's. I mean, they could have been like, he's not going to be in any more of these movies, right? If we are done with these characters, if he's dead, he's like, in Solo. His dead. best performance is in that movie. Yeah, have, yeah. I mean, we can. Have, there's like go. all. Yeah, he's like 200 years old, right? Right. We have yeah. like the young Wookiee tales. I mean, there's plenty of them. Him we can have in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I and mean, like, and like, what a tra- like, and like, what a tragedy to kill one of the most beloved characters. I mean, like, it would mm-hmm. tear Ray apart. That, and it's like, of all the things that could right. possibly drive Ray to the dark side, that was about the only thing that made sense to me. Yeah, because she's certainly not going to do it any other way, right. other than like racked by her own mm-hmm. inability, or like the fact that like she, in discovering her own power, killed one of her closest friends. Right. Yeah. And before we get too far, I do want to mention a few things I do like. Yeah. And I do think um, some of these characters that J.J. Abrams created are really interesting. Absolutely. And Daisy Ridley's uh, acting in this, Mm -hmm. I think she carried the film. Like, emotionally, she's all there, totally driving it. I think Kylo Ren, um, Adam Driver, is pretty great, too. Mm -hmm. I think he's really interesting. Maybe he could have even gotten more in this film to do. But I think... Her emotional journey in the last film is what kind of like kept my attention yeah. and and drove me through it. I, I think you know like Poe and uh, Finn are are good characters. Poe never really got to do much at all in in, in this series. He's, he's just he kind of Finn around. Are just like comedic, yeah. like comic right, right, Yeah. And so I gotta be next fine. to Ray. Don't yeah. no. I'm gonna like break the Falcon. Don't no. Yeah. Chewy. Yeah. And so they could have done much more with them. So I, I do like some of those performances, I think, carry it through. And, and part of my problem, I think, is then, you know, maybe let J.J. Abrams tell those new characters' story and not be so beholden to the original characters. I mean, yes, I want to see Luke again. I wanted to see that in this series uh, and some of those old characters. But then let him tell this new story. And I think... People kind of go to the extreme of maybe these new films are just fan films, right? They're like fan fiction of what somebody who grew up with Star Wars as a kid now gets to make them film, make the films uh, with a big budget, and they're like fan fiction. And I think what sets that apart is, again, The Last Jedi, which is somebody doing something interesting. And I was trying to think through, like, what's the difference what in, like, the feel? And I think part of it is is the approach of, and J.J. Abrams has done this before with like Star Trek, but he can really fit into that mold. He can tell a really slick story and make it look great. And it flows pretty nicely, goes down smooth. um, And he can pull that off. But does, however big of a fan, Star Wars fan he is, is it something that he cares about? Like, I need to tell this story. It wasn't that he needed to tell this story, right? It was that, he was hired. He's very capable of making a good Star Wars film. And I think Ryan Johnson approached it and said, I'm going to tell a good story within this world, right? No matter where that takes me, where no matter where that takes these characters. And so at least if I have anything to look forward to, it's that they let people who have an actual good story idea 
create some some films or trilogies that could be really fascinating within the Star Wars world. And so I I hope they let that happen. Um, there was talk of Ryan Johnson having his own trilogy. They seem to kind of be waffling on that. Um, but this may lead us to The Mandalorian, which feels like a little bit more of a loving original story told within yeah i mean and that i think is an understatement i mean (laughs) uh the mandalorian is like the it it feels i I can tell that my kids are having the experience that i had with star wars with the mandalorian Mm. i mean my youngest draws baby yoda and mandalorian on every piece of paper that they could possibly do and in my view of it like there's just a couple things that happen in there that Mm -hmm. um i like they get me real excited Mm. And I really enjoy it. One, yeah. it's a small cast of characters. Right. It's not... And, and I think like J.J. Abrams would say like, oh, but there's all this stuff we have to do. And I'm like, no, there's not. Right. Tell You can tell a like, simple story. How yeah. many flipping new characters do we introduce in this story that are irrelevant? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah. And you don't, it doesn't have to be Lando. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be... You know, like, yeah. tell me a story with like four to six people. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you look at that original, even in the original movies, like there's and they, you know, there's all these other characters are interesting, right? But we need to follow a few of. Uh, yeah, uh, and I don't. I know J.J. Abrams didn't create the character of Rose, and he got the story back. But then don't sideline her for these new characters that we have to create a new attachment to. You know, like at least use her in the story yeah. for something. And one yeah. of the things uh, one of my friends talked about too. This is getting. A, a, Stormtroopers. Okay, yeah. so Finn is a is a stormtrooper, mm-hmm. right? And he encounters other people mm-hmm. who are used to be stormtroopers, mm-hmm. and yet this does does yeah. not change anyone's compunction with just killing stormtroopers. No, like it, no. It, it, it literally like we yeah. notice it as the audience, and the film does not apparently notice that fact. Yeah, like and I, there's I, a I very thought, like lovingly shot like one take of like stormtroopers dropping like flies as they like run down a hallway and blast them down right um just like treating them like nothing right Right. and so if you just contrast with like one of the highest points of comedy in in all of star wars (laughs) which is in the final episode of the mandalorian you have these two these two scout walkers these two scout troopers talking to each (laughs) other through their radios about baby yoda and one of them punches the baby yoda (laughs) I know it's not the baby Yoda. I know it's the child. I'm no one picky about that, but it's yeah. true. Like that blew everyone's mind <laughs> right, in this right. household, and justifiably so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that. I mean, there's like so many things that are good about that. One, mm-hmm. it lets us inside something we don't see. Two, yeah. they're using their radios, which is inherently entertaining. Mm-hmm. Two, it's similar to like droid banter in Clone Wars, where they're comic yeah. relief. It yeah. also like it also shows that like. Like in in this particular context of the story, that they're not really invested in the empire; they're just mm-hmm. like waiting to get their paycheck for their dusty old armor. Yeah, I mean, it is fantastic, and it plays into the story eventually. Yeah, like it it, it ties it in. It's not just like yeah. a comedic moment. And and the yet. thing is, like, so you know, like so, JJ Abrams creates these characters: Poe, Kylo Ray, all mm-hmm. these great people, and and doesn't seem to know what to do with mm-hmm. them towards yeah, yeah. the end. Mm-hmm. Um. Like the, and, 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 and I don't know what the structure of like Disney Star Wars looks like. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that Kathleen Kennedy is like the, the head of most of it. Right. But like, you know, the like Dave Filoni, Christopher Yost, um, 
crew that mm-hmm. is now in charge of the Mandalorian, like they, I mean, they honed their skills. They have more hours of Star Wars under their belt than anybody else. Right. And it really shows in the Mandalorian. Yeah. I mean, Quill is an amazing character. Mm-hmm. Like IG, uh, is it IG-88? No. It's, IG-80? I don't know. Because no, 80 is a, that IG, IG unit by, yeah. <laughs> yeah, is like, Easily like top He's two really droids. Yeah, yeah. Possibly, I mean, he for the first couple episodes, he was my favorite character mm-hmm. in the, all of the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, sure, Dave Filoni has his like seven samurai one off, which is fine, right? Um, but part of what happens if you, even if you look at just the discussion of like the e web blaster in the last episode mm-hmm. is like we are taking a step back from everything and he's explaining every little bit mm-hmm. you know and he's allowing people to like re-enter the whole world of star wars from a different angle mm-hmm. we don't really know who the jedi are yeah like, we don't know how powerful the empire is it's mm-hmm. all gone yeah. right and like that kind of i mean like they don't attention to the, the the knowledge of our people seems so it's engaging for me mm-hmm. it seems so intelligent mm-hmm. and and like the thing like the thing that just did it for me was like when the IG unit kills himself at the end and Quill mm-hmm. dies in the last episode yeah. I'm like the, I mean that for me yeah. is absolutely mm-hmm. artistic courage yeah. which I really value yeah. like you, I mean, even like with Quill, like we want more of him, right? You leave us wanting. You don't mm-hmm. ring every little. You could have him. Yeah. You could make like a Walking Dead BS thing where Quill's <laughs> in it for like seven seasons and right. he morphs into all these different characters. <laughs> but like just like um, a Shepherd book in Firefly, motherfucker's got to die. Mm-hmm. Right? He's got to die early. Got to die right. unexpectedly. He has to be and a motivation for us to go on. This sort of uh, world building of the Mandalorians themselves yeah. that we haven't fully gotten before. Yeah. You know, in some of like Clone Wars and stuff, we know yeah. about yeah. Mandalore, but this this aspect of it is yeah. new in this time period. Um, and they sort of layered that throughout the episodes. Right? We get a little bit in the first episode when he gets some armor built, and we yeah. kind of like slowly hear more and more about um, who they are and what his code is uh, and things like that. And, and I think I appreciate it playing off of, they call the original Star Wars like a space Western. Yeah. And this really leans oh, into that. Oh, hell yeah. And uh, just goes with it. Yeah. Um, and and th- yeah. there's some things, like, if I had to decide, and I know that I've talked about these few elements of the original Star Wars that, mm-hmm. like, make it for me, mm-hmm. one of which is, like, the weight of Han's blaster when he mm-hmm. pulls it out of his holster when yeah, we first yeah. encounter him yeah. in Mos Eisley. And what that always conveyed to me as a kid is like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. Like this is not a phaser. Yeah. Like this is a serious made from metal. It's it's what conveys the realness of that world to mm-hmm. me is the weight of that. Yeah. Another one is like um the the degree to which Luke is in anguish when his when he when um Darth Vader tells him he's his father. Mm. Yeah, I'll never join you. You know, right, right. And also, the third is like in the Return of the Jedi when he is fighting um, Vader and the Emperor for the last time. It's like the sweat on his face. Mm. He is unmake. I mean, I'm sure he's makeup. Yeah. But like, whatever Mark Hamill is doing at that point, like he he whether it's makeup or whether it's like really stressed out or whatever, mm-hmm. he physically is conveying. Uh, authenticity yeah and and that and that has always rung out for me in those series Mm -hmm. so in the in the mandalorian like 
I love that he's like the first thing that happens in almost every fight is he gets the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. And he gets smacked into a wall or blown up or right. shot or knocked to the ground. And like his his armor is metal. Everything on his body is seems to be real. That pulse rifle seems to be made of actual mm-hmm. wooden metal. And you feel it. Mm-hmm. I mean like it it, it looks and yeah. feels like someone with some metal on, like being thrown into something. Right, right. And and they keep that palette so well done. I think with their stunt crew that when he gets like blown up in the final episode, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, are you okay?" You, like, I would imagine the intensity of the impact <laughs> on the ground is actually higher than all the other ones, or at least that's the way that it's shown. Right. And that management of the physicality of it, like, just lends so much reality to it. Mm-hmm. And it's like. The thing that was always remarkable for me about the first Star Wars when I watched it over and over again with my kids is how short it is. Mm. Like, it, it moves rapidly through right, various right. things. That's... And it doesn't doesn't spend all this time lingering. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was one of the things, you know, like George Lucas, but in episode one, I was like, all right, well, you know, like, I'm waiting for the movie to start. And it's more like, oh, the pod, you know, and then we're yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah that's like, like, it's like, it we're better chlorine yeah. already. When does it start? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and the Mandalorian, uh, it just it, it's a it's a it's a limited palette. It's eight mm-hmm. episodes, mm-hmm. Um, and it tells a really compelling story in there. And my point, which I am long winded about, is um, because it's limited in that way. And Quill comes into our consciousness, comes back again, and then dies. Mm-hmm. The IG unit comes in, you know, passes out. Has that? I mean, like all of those scenes where he's training him differently. Like mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Storytelling, right? Yeah. right? Yeah. About him having a different function, about the function mm-hmm. being the same as Quill's, about him earning. Yeah, you know, like, that was really this is fantastic. Yeah. And then it's done. And we, we're not going to like what it looked like was that that crew knew um, what kind of story they wanted to tell and how to mm-hmm. tell it, and they just and and they did it masterfully. Yeah, um, and they weren't worried about the franchise and they weren't mm. worried about what they're and this is the thing it's like they weren't worried about what they were going to write next yeah. they just wrote this yeah right and certainly there's like plenty of room for like all kinds of new badass like mandalorian weaponry and mm. all kinds of stuff in the future they didn't limit what they were doing but i think totally you know because they they had these characters come in and be taken care of and die it forces them to do more creative things later which i think probably from a business standpoint is risky cuz you're cuz you're i mean you could have 3 seasons of quill or you yeah. could have 3 seasons of I, that ig unit right um but it 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 again like the last Jedi, felt to me like someone who was made by an artist yeah. like like the vast majority of pixar films as opposed to like other kids films they're they're made with an artistic vision which i really appreciate yeah i mean i don't know i haven't heard fully what um what led him to it but it does seem like john favreau yeah had that vision whether they brought him in and he found that story or if he pitched that to them and said hey, i have this idea but it definitely felt like he had a plan for how he wanted to tell it and pretty brilliant baby yoda bringing that element in and protecting it uh, i think is pretty cool uh a few sort of points about like structure i think my experience like the first episode honestly was a little bit clunky for me they kind of like had the sort of pilot thing where they're trying to set everything up and some of the um pace was a little bit off for me the first humor scene with the alien didn't really work for me it was a little too casual i don't know if you remember the very first like bounty that he picks up um sort of the comedy and the yeah it was didn't work totally for me no so i was like eh, i'm not sure how this is gonna go 
And then the second episode, which is almost like a silent film, mm-hmm. um, hardly any talking, like totally had me, yeah. had me soul. And I, I'm gonna, not going to pronounce his name, but Rick Famuwa um, directed that episode and one of the later ones. I think those were some of my favorite. And I think mm-hmm. that episode just had like perfect pacing, had included um, great action. Uh, it had a lot of like him messing up and then um, getting, you know, figuring out yeah. in some more interesting way. Well, and then, I mean, like, and world, I think yeah. it's in the second episode with the Jawas, right? And mm-hmm. then, you yeah. know, like, I just, there's something about, and this is how you, I mean, there's something about when they're like, he, and he's like, and the blaster, and he's like, it's part of my religion. Yeah. And feels like, you know, you're not going to get it if you don't do it. Right. You know? Yeah. He's like, they seem upset. He's like, I did, you know, disintegrate a number of them. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and there's something about his like demeanor which mm-hmm. I find terribly interesting. Yeah. Um, because it's not he's not a badass. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's he's but in like he it seems to be this like in this like this child who is taken by the Mandalorians and he owes them a debt and he's like yeah. stubbornly committed to doing the right thing. Right. Um, which is always my favorite kind yeah. of character. Yeah. Um, and I, I would say as far as like the structure go in the middle we kind of do get like a little bit of the filler kind of standard episodes where he saves a village and yeah because um, Dave Filoni puts those in every show yeah, 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 right, every yeah, yeah. Seven Samurai is one of the greatest films yeah. ever made you know he just needs right. to make a Rashomon one and, you know. <laughs> yeah and um, the other thing I realized is uh, not looking at it in a fun way but I do think Disney was hedging their bets a little bit and saying we've Early on, we decided, oh, let's bring in some young, you know, interesting directors for these films. And that did not go so well, like yeah. with the Han Solo film. They fired the director. Um, Colin Trevorrow was supposed to direct. I'm glad Ron Howard lesson. took that over. What a yeah, great yeah. Yeah, what a yeah. story. Um, and I don't think that's the popular opinion, but really? I agree with you. Most people think Solo movie, I think, is quite bad. and Really? It failed for Disney, so uh, lost money <laughs> off of that. Uh, really? Yep. This is it's well made. Yeah, I know. I I I prefer it maybe more to more than Rogue One, which is also not a popular opinion. But I was thinking as a Fucking side hammerhead note, Corvette. Yeah, like that's some. I mean, some of the like going from action sequence to action sequence in yeah. like some. Of, I know. And I was thinking how. Um, Again, I, I think I've said this on the show, but I didn't totally connect with the characters very much no. in Rogue One. Yeah, it's they're all But like Han Solo might have some of the best character development. Yeah. Again, I didn't need to see a young Han Solo movie. No. I I love the character of Han Solo. I need Solo. a young Obi Wan movie that's young Obi Wan. T V show. T V show. Is happening. Really? It's official, yeah. Great. Thank you. Ewan McGregor said he knew for years. And he couldn't tell anybody because they oh. wouldn't let him announce it. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so that's happening on Dis- can, Disney Plus. We can stop now. Yeah. Uh, so I, because for instance, my wife and I recently debated, and we were talking to our son or something, and I said, "Oh, Kira really like, you know, turns on Han at the end, though. She's kind of a jerk." And she yeah. was like, "What?" She's like, "No, she saved him." She had to lie to him to protect him. And I was like, no, she became like, she was trying to become the new boss. And she was like, yeah, because she knew that they would both be hunted down if she didn't control that situation. So she sacrificed. And I was like, maybe, maybe you're right. So I was like, that kind of conversation about character, we don't get in these new trilogy of films, right? At least the J.J. Abrams one. Yeah. 
So anyways, as a side note, but I do think Mandalorian, it, uh, I do wonder if they brought in a lot of interesting directors for these episodes, including Bryce Dallas Howard, um, Taika Waititi, who I think now they're talking rumors that he's going to get one of the main main films, the future film, Star Wars. So I think they were sort of testing the waters with some of these directors in a more safe environment of like one TV show episode and then see how they liked working with them, how they handled it, and they could be like, oh, I think we can trust you with something bigger. Yeah. Um, and, and to that, I mean, well, I, yeah, it bears saying. It feels to me like in some sense, um, do you know um, Anne Lamont? She's a... Yeah. So, I mean, I, I subscribe very much to her, like, writing process uh-huh. uh, philosophy, which is, like, the first thing you need to do is write a shitty first draft. Right. And the act of writing is removing the barriers between you and your mm-hmm. shitty first draft. Yeah. And so, like, Rise of Skywalker is a shitty first draft. <laughs> um, at, yeah. At best. You yeah. know, like, you're like, okay, the C-3PO stuff is good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, like, I'm Poe and I want to run Spice. That's all right. Yeah. You know, Ouch is good. Ray from Nowhere is good. Mm-hmm. And then you move on and you Let's do a second draft. This, yeah. And so, and part of what, like, if I can make a global complaint around stuff is, this is a side note and it's indulgent. Um, I remember mm-hmm. one of my, like, uh, professors, uh, he's Japanese man, Japanese American. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I studied kendo with him, but he was also like a Buddhist philosophy professor for a long time. And one of the things that he would say, and uh, this many Mark who worked with him, was that like in Japan, you teach for like, 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. you retire, you write a book. Mm-hmm. In America, like academics have to publish all the time. You write lots right. of books. Yeah, yeah. And, and so in some sense, you're like, you're publishing incomplete thoughts. Mm-hmm. And and it's just my experience of living on this publish, planet yeah. for now 38 years or something. There's a bunch of stuff that I am that I wrote about or talked about or wrote songs about or wrote movies mm-hmm. about or whatever 10 years ago. And I'm like, that was the beginning of an idea which mm. over years would develop. Right. Um, and, you know, and I think it's, it, it's clear in when I, um, when, like when someone writes their first novel, like mm-hmm. um, when Susan Collins did uh, The Hunger Games, mm-hmm. like the first half of that book is just fabulous. You right. know, it, th- those thoughts had been thought about for a decade or more. Right. And then she's got to fill in right. the end, and, right? Yeah, yeah. And, but I just think that the, the, the Rise of Skywalker for me looks like you know like a sketch along the way i mean it's one of those things like if if i were at disney and i would i would like i would just hire ryan johnson to remake it yeah but the thing is though is like i i think that part of what we're seeing is because i I have a suspicion that like the last jedi will be a fluke Mm. uh and that what disney is going to do is much more along the lines with their management of Marvel, where they're going to be focused on uh, a really middle of the road audience, and yeah. and and I don't mean to say, yeah, it's it's dumbed down mm-hmm. and a little stupid. That seems to be what's coming out. J.J. Um, Abrams has started to talk about that he tried to fight for certain choices and wasn't allowed to make those choices. So, for example, uh, Poe and Finn. They did want to make them a couple, and the actors wanted to do it. If, if you've heard interviews beforehand, they would always joke about it. Um, and they wouldn't, Disney wouldn't let them do that. He didn't want the kiss at the end. He wanted to, there apparently was a different kind of ending shot, a different version, a little bit of it. And they also didn't allow him um, to have that cut. 
so I, I, I'm not saying like, oh, there's a different version that's better out there, but I think, and, and he's admitted, you know, he had less time for this film than The Force Awakens. And I think no one would deny, at least what's there now, is a much bigger film to make, at least, yeah, than what he did yeah. for Force Awakens. It's- and so that, I mean, I think, unfortunately, those things do play into it. And like you said, they probably just had to be like, hey, does this like make some kind of sense? Is it going to be a fun ride for an audience? All right, let's go with it. You know, like, let's go. Yeah, and, and I guess like that's, and I mean, I am I, loath to like point my finger at Kathleen Kennedy because she's mm-hmm. responsible for a lot of good things. Right. But some, I mean, and I can blame faceless Disney bureaucrats. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, and, and I, I, I'm not, I, I don't want to sound like, you know, this is ours, you can't do it with mm-hmm. it what you want. Because it's not my, it's not, that isn't honestly my opinion. It's not yeah. so much that it's mine. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's like, you know, it's like seeing like a cheesy TV version of the Odyssey or something. It's like, <laughs> okay, like yeah. you did make it. Mm-hmm. And this is a this is a telling in the grand scheme of these epic stories, mm-hmm. but like it's a pretty shitty one. Yeah. Um, and like, uh, it's it's ripe, you know, for someone to tell a different version of the story. And mm-hmm. and the thing is though, like, what what it seems like it's I don't know what how Disney necessarily works, but I, I think they probably have some way of managing the IP so that as long as they're getting it so much money out of it, it like yeah. works out in the end. And so right. they're allowed to do edgier stuff with the Mandalorian because it sells Disney plus and they are mm-hmm. with the movies. And it just feels like part of what plagued the rise of Skywalker um, was just like the, the, the largesse, like the, mm-hmm. the corpulence of the entire thing, you know, yeah. that is wrapping up the trilogy, which right. like, it doesn't have to. No. Like, I don't... They talked about all this weight of, like, unanswered questions, and this has to be, like, resolved. And I was like, I don't... I don't feel like it needs to do that. Well, I mean, um, and it's like as soon as the... I mean, as soon as the Return of the Jedi is done, mm-hmm. like, then all of us descend into creative play about what the F happens next. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And, 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 and a whole... I mean, we were all born in this world of, like... Mm-hmm. The Jedi Academy and, you know, yeah. uh, this whole expanded universe of what's going on, like, both the canon stuff and the stuff we made up on our own, like, mm-hmm. Shadows, I mean, Shadows of the Empire, yeah. um, and, you know, and, and all these things, and uh, it's a really, I don't know, it, it, it's, a, it's a really creative space, and my point is that, like, it, it resolved one story, mm-hmm. primarily the story of Luke, but, like, what does Luke learn? Like, that's his dad. This is his sister. Yeah. That Han loves Leia. Mm-hmm. That C-3PO is cool. You know, yeah. like, it's it's a really, in the end, a very tight story about a small group of people. Mm-hmm. And I know that, like, Lucas, in, in, in the uh, deluxe editions, mm-hmm. tried to expand that to give us a sense of the rest of the universe. Mm. Which, which, frankly, I never needed. I mean, like, right. like, like all I, like, the, the thing that created, and so the, these are other two things, right? Like that, I always remembered about like the original Star Wars, and one of them is like the age of the rebel fighters um, on the Corvette when Darth Vader comes through. Mm. Like these are a ragtag bunch of B 
bureaucrats mm-hmm. and like idealistic yeah. academics <laughs> who have thrown on who are not fighters, right? Who are who are like our dads, mm-hmm. right? They are our father's age people. There, right. they're not brash young fighters. They're yeah, not yeah. soldiers. They're a rebellion. Mm-hmm. And the other one is, um, um, in Return of the Jedi, um, I don't I like. The, the way in which you have, like, the battle in Endor, the battle in space, the conflict with Luke, mm-hmm. and you go back and forth with all of those things, mm-hmm. um, it, 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 it never reached the point of intensity where it was, like, about to explode, but there was, like, this collective relief. Yeah, yeah. all those different Maybe things, switch, which gave it its scope. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even just seeing like Mon Mothma and some of the other diverse array of generals were there, that conveyed for me enough of the rest of that world to tell that story. Mm. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and like, so you want to show me Mon Calamari? That's cool. Like, but I don't totally need it because I have a sense of the world that it exists in. And I always felt that like the celebration and whatnot that Lucas added was unnecessary. Um Right. I mean, there's there's actually very few, like, locations in Return of the yeah. Jedi. Like, it's just, like, they spend a lot of time at Jabba's palace, which is kind of, like, actually this these smaller moments. Mm-hmm. And then we're basically, like, with the Ewoks. And then, like you said, we get the cross-cutting with uh, Luke and Darth Vader and the Emperor. But, yeah, it's not a massive story um, that we're kind of trying to tell. It, it, although I do kind of push back against some people who are complaining about, like, the pace of the new one, in, in some sense, you know, I, uh, and they're like, the, the opening is so, like, moves th- through things so quickly, and, like, even the opening crawl kind of, like, sums up things. But if we watch the original film, I mean, we jump right into uh, Leia's ship being taken over, and we don't, I mean, we don't know what the heck it, like. We didn't know who she is. is. Yeah, yeah. All these things happening. She's part um, of a rebel alliance and yeah. a traitor. So I actually kind of like, I thought the opening crawl of The Rise of Skywalker was actually pretty good. Like, it, it's kind of poetic and, and, and okay. And I I do am kind of a sucker for, like, let's check out all these different worlds, um, which they kind of do. I don't think the reasoning why they visit all those worlds is very good in The Rise of the Skywalker. Yeah. So, but I do enjoy that aspect of, like, I yeah. want to go to these different so, places. So, like, and there's, see like... Look, if you saw, like, if you just zoom out a little bit mm-hmm. and look at it in a bit fuzzy, a fuzzier sense, yeah, like the moments on, I don't know, what's the planet with where Poe goes back to get the, with Babu Frick, who's adorable? Uh, I know what you're talking about. No. Yeah. Where so you the, meet, see Zora Bliss, he meets her. Yeah. So, there, like, yeah. that as, like, a, that's, like, kind of a, a restful, you mm-hmm. know, in the franticness. Slows down a little bit, it's yeah. just all the stuff they're doing is stupid and pointless. Right. Um, yeah. And it's like, and so it's like, why are you, so it, it's like, okay, Empire Strikes Back, okay? Mm-hmm. Right? What are they doing? They're saving Han. Yeah. What happens? Shit goes wrong, Leia gets stuck, there has to wear a metal bikini, okay? Yeah. Right? Luke, Jedi Knight comes and saves mm-hmm. them. Okay. Everything happens for, like, every bit seems terribly legitimate. Yeah. Right? In this movie, like, three quarters of the movie is like people chasing around for right. some dumb thing with no real purpose. Right. And this time I was, the second time I saw it, I was thinking how Zora Bliss like switches on a dime to be like, pulls a gun on Poe mm-hmm. and is like, you got debts and stuff coming back here. And then like instantly is like, all right, I'm on your team. I'm good. And like all they had to do, watch the second, she says something about like, oh, I can admit I like you, Ray, or something. Yeah. When she, she could have just said like, 
I've heard about you or something like, and it would have given this element of like, Oh, in the galaxy, this myth about this new Jedi is going out and she, and that would have told us like, Oh, actually I can get behind what you guys are doing. And and that would have played into the end, you know, of why all these people came. And like to, to be it. kind to them, I bet yeah. if they would have spent enough time on it, they would have gotten there. Right. But I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, need we even mention the Hobbit? Yeah. I mean, yeah. like one of the things to contrast. I mean, I mention this all the time. Mm-hmm. Like the, one of the the things that I think should be a hallmark of all of these things mm-hmm. is something like what Peter Jackson did with the One Ring Yeah. To capture all, I mean, like all that creative energy mm-hmm. in the '90s, right? And in just for like the Lord of the Rings in the '80s and some mm-hmm. in the '70s too, of people <clears throat> just holding on to these ideas and creating art around them. Right. To harness that, to, to pick the best ideas to be part of your thing. And which doesn't make it like, I also don't think fan fiction is pejorative because I think Hamilton is fan fiction. That's part of what makes it mm-hmm. genius. Right. right. Um, <clears throat> I do think though that like, so like the, like the, 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 the what are they called? Um, uh, the, the Raylo shippers who are like super oh, yeah, into yeah, like yeah, the kind. Yeah. I, I think that kiss is just like a, like bait for the Raylo shippers, which is yeah, fine. I yeah, mean, Raylo yeah. shippers out there. I didn't really. It's, have it's super shit. sweet. Yeah. I just i i was it was much more powerful for me the way he touched her and the way he healed her and mm-hmm. then having her die or having him die in her arms. Yeah, yeah. I just it. I mean, it just it's like you just saved the entire Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. And not to say this is bad or kissing is yeah, bad or anything. Right. I just it. It it felt again. It was a moment that it was like, I don't think this is something that Ray would do because she doesn't really kiss people. Mm-hmm. And people is Star Wars. There's not a lot of kissing right going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it just sort of like it pulled me out of the story in this really powerful moment to see the hand of the writer in there. Mm. And it, it was just like, come on. Yeah, yeah. And the only one of the few reasons why it was better the second time is like, I couldn't be disappointed in the story because I knew it was going to happen. So yeah. I had an opportunity to find things that I liked more. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I honestly don't really have, I've heard a lot of complaints about the very end where she goes back to Tatooine. And I don't really have too much of a problem with that. Um, I mean, it's playing a lot into nostalgia that we all have, but it felt like a wrap up and they did set up you know earlier in the film when they visit the planet with like the festival and somebody asks her her name um and she kind of says like i don't know uh so they do kind of set that up um it's just like i I just like don't there was like a more sophisticated thing going on in the Mm -hmm. last jedi yeah. About, you know, but what Luke says, you know, like mm-hmm. when a Jedi dies and the, the light is diminished, do you understand how arrogant that is? Like the, yeah. the fact that the Jedi don't own the force. Mm. And, and, and this idea that like part of the reason why a tremendous evil exists is because a tremendous good exists as well. This mm-hmm. parallel and duality, which like gets to the heart of one of my most interesting <laughs> and beloved philosophical topics which is like the existence of evil like mm-hmm. which is you know in you know following the the work of uh, you know famous sociologist norman o brown and one of his students ernest becker like we create evil so that we can vanquish it and become heroes like that's mm. why it exists <laughs> um so it's very interesting for me to philosophically contemplate like what the relationship of the dark side and the light side of the force are mm. because those are those things you know i mean like luke says you know like yoda is you know, the dark side more powerful and he's like, no, you know, quicker. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also like the, 
it, it touches on these perennial things. Mm-hmm. So are you, would you say you're excited about where Star Wars is going? Or are you apprehensive? Or how do you feel after this? What do you think oh. Disney is doing? We do have the Mandalorian. Well, I mean, and not only do we have the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. um, but we also have uh, the concluding season seven of uh, Clone Wars, Clone which Wars. I just yeah. watched the trailer of today, um, which hit on all of the big great notes that I think make that show made that show fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Mandalorian is great. Some of the, I mean, it's some of the most exciting stuff. That I've that I've seen come out of them in a long time. I mean, yeah. and by the way, a little tidbit for you, Deborah Chow, who is one of the other oh. really fine directors, mm-hmm. is going to be kind of heading up uh, the Obi Wan show. Oh, that's great. So they heard her, yeah. I mean, it, it it seems as though, um, well, oh gosh, I mean, <laughs> like in an ideal world, although they would never admit it to other people, I would hope that Disney would look at, you know, seven, eight, nine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and recognize what they did wrong as a, with the series, mm-hmm. and then the next time they set out to make a series of films, whether it's mm-hmm. a trilogy or something like that, they correct some of those problems. Now I know that people will say like facts, right? Mm-hmm. Like George Lucas didn't direct Empire Strikes Back, and some people say that it's one of the best, and, right. I, and I don't think that it's a coincidence that somehow Ryan Johnson you know, is the <laughs> non-J.J. Abrams director. Right. But regardless of that, there's having watched you know like one through six being done by Lucas and mm-hmm. seven eight nine not. There's some. I don't, there just seems to be some really clear boundaries that he doesn't cross mm. with his filmmaking, and even if I don't love that trilogy mm-hmm. there's still a level of cohesion and mm-hmm. story yeah. that is interesting and clever and may not be totally well executed but mm-hmm. it, it, everything reaches a, a certain standard yeah um and and i that just doesn't hold true in seven eight nine though mm-hmm. some there's cool stuff there so my hope is that uh that they'll learn from that. And I don't, I mean, there are like 8,000 of those like Marvel films mm-hmm. and I've seen almost all of them admittedly, yeah. but the, I, I don't treat them in the same category as I do mm-hmm. Star Wars. And I mean, one of the things that I find, I think most exciting um, is, uh, I mean, I just finished watching season four of Rebels, which mm-hmm. you have not yet watched. Right. And like, I mean, some of the stuff that happens in that season is some of my favorite. There's some like some of my favorite Star Wars moments in there. Mm-hmm. Like like my probably, I don't know. I'd say like like I said earlier, like totally top three Jedi showdown mm-hmm. happens in this episode called mm-hmm. Two Sons, which is just just fantastic, <laughs> quintessential, awesome um, blending of different generations Star Wars yeah. storytelling, mm-hmm. um, and and I think that it's. Like I, I, for what other people, everything you could say about George Lucas, he seemed to be able to maintain his coherency and standards when he was under a lot of pressure. I mean, like mm. pressure he created when making mm-hmm. Episode One after having created Star Wars. Yeah. But looking at Episode One and contrasting it with like uh, Rise of Skywalker, like it's it he, like I may not love all of it, but it's not stupid. Right. It's not dumb. It, yeah. it it doesn't look like it's been cobbled together with tape. 
Right. You know, I mean, it, and, and, you know, like I, I think you know the, the how it should have ended, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know. I haven't actually looked to see what they've done with Rise of Skywalker, oh, yeah. but it, out, yeah. it might also be just unfair. I mean, it's such mm-hmm. a terrible. They might just be like, ah, yeah. or, or like the like you know like the. Well, the one where the guy does like the different pitches, mm-hmm. I just it it almost seems like unfair. So the short answer to your question is that I'm excited about stuff, mm-hmm. but it's mostly like the tertiary stuff. I'm excited about season five of Rebels when they make it for mm-hmm. Ahsoka and Sabine to like travel off into the yeah. distance to try to find Ezra. I'm excited about season seven of Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited about Mandalorian, and yeah. and I hope that that somehow in their business model they can find a way to like turn the Star Wars from a mega blockbuster into uh, just a good film and make a solid film. Right. Because, um, you know, I, I just, uh, I I would hope that someone there, I don't know. I, I grew up watching the Disney Channel and I had a deep appreciation for like Walt Disney and his vision of like creating environments for like... Um, Really creative visual storytelling, you know, mm-hmm. vis-a-vis Fantasia and some of the, his the other stuff that he had he had visions of. Right. And I would just hope that they get back to that a little bit. I mean, I yeah. think that's what attracted them to Pixar. Um, mm-hmm. And I would really love to see them. You know, maybe it's I don't know what they have to do structurally. Maybe it's mm-hmm. scaling back, right. or maybe it's having such a diversity of different stories that you can be more adventurous with them. Mm-hmm. But they. They've built up a team of in these uh, yeah. directors and writers who have done a lot of stuff who are not J.J. Abrams, mm-hmm. and you know that like that that seem to be seem to take like Dave Filoni takes his responsibility as a custodian of the Star Wars storytelling seriously, mm-hmm. and it's you know it, it's not it's not just because we're fans of it and we like it and I don't mm-hmm. generally like the fan moniker it's because right. it's it's a it's it's an epic story. Mm-hmm. that touches people all across the world and across time mm-hmm. and he seems to have and a lot of others that work with him that mm-hmm. team seems to have a sense of the of how you handle stories of that caliber yeah this is not something that you're going to read once and throw away right this is something that is designed that if you follow the story it gets richer every time you mm-hmm. go through it okay yeah and i mean just thinking back to kind of the story i was talking about i i have been thinking lately like not making too big of a deal out of it, but this is sort of like the end of an era of like something we fans maybe never felt like would be complete. Right. Would ever come out and whether how well that all turned out or not. Um, and, and I think it's a, it's a weird place for longtime fans to be at, to think, Oh, and there's going to be even more, you know, when we didn't think there was going to be hardly anything, you know, at least on like, um, on the screen, right? Maybe in books and video games and stuff, but not on the screen, uh, these kinds of stories. And now we don't know when it's going to end. Right. So it, it is kind of, I think for me, it's still kind of like a fun period cause we didn't know we were going to get more of these. So I'm always kind of welcoming that. I've heard a kind of general sentiment of people kind of being like, yeah, might be kind of done with too, focusing too much on it, like thinking too much about that's cool. What and I'm and maybe they can go back to playing Call of Duty or like yeah, yeah, right, Titanfall yeah, yeah. or whatever the fuck they yeah. do, and we can and they can focus more on the rest of the people. Right? Because I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I 
again, like I'm excited to talk to you after you watch season four of Rebels. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of storytelling that I've seen there, and I'm just we're rewatching Clone Wars from the beginning with the mm-hmm. kids to get ready for the That's new season. Favorite, yeah. uh, it's really good, mm-hmm. um, and I, I and there's a and I I've probably this is probably my, my third time through the Clone Wars. Mm. I just um, and I remember what I loved about it at first. It was finally there was just like enough time to explore the the rest of this world that yeah, yeah. sort of George Lucas had built. Right. Um, and that's what makes it fun. Yeah. And, and, and my hope is that the period that we're entering now mm-hmm. is very much like the the creative space that was created mm-hmm. in Clone Wars, where there's space to tell different kinds of stories that are still like in a in, in this milieu, yeah. um, but can be um, uh, limited only by some good imagination. Right. And if... If anything, I think uh, is Bob Iger, who's in charge of Disney, I think, has said that they admitted they sort of made the mistake of rushing these things out. Yeah. And they do want to give them a little more breathing space as far as like the feature films um, to hopefully give them a little more time and focus on the stories that they do want, think they need to tell. And so uh, that's a good thing. But I think these are like the more... I think about it and invest like time thinking and wanting to consume all this Star Wars related stuff is like the modern myth that we've talked about before on the show of these are the myths that we relate to and tell ourselves. And and I think it is a good meld of um, sort of the past and the future, right? Um, people have always kind of talked about that. It feels like an old world, but we do get things like blasters and laser swords, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe that is why we relate to it too much of, of kind of bringing these, these two worlds, these two thoughts together um, and seeing that in a fantasy version. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think it is a cool myth that I'm willing to keep yeah. And I, with, I mean, yeah. I'll throw one last jab out there, which yeah. is that like one of the things that always that I always loved about the Return of the Jedi is like Luke does not succeed because he is tremendously powerful or a Jedi master. Mm. And and Obi-Wan and Yoda prepare him for that. Like yeah, it's, yeah. it's not going to be mm. like, you know, at best you train well so you don't get killed quickly, mm-hmm. but that's not how you will succeed. I mean, he succeeds because he's able to convince the, one of the most evil men in the universe that he still has kindness. And like mm-hmm. when Darth Vader does that, yeah. right? Like it's a fantastic moment, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that, like, that is a perennial lesson. Like yeah. that is a, as deep as any wisdom that you can find anywhere. And mm-hmm. if you believe in one thing and it's just that, you are, you are not yeah. poorly served on this, in this human existence. Um, and there just isn't, an equivalent thing that happens to Ray. I, I, mm. I really try very hard to rehabilitate what ha- what they do in that final mm-hmm. scene, mm-hmm. and I am at current unable to extract the same kind of perennial yeah. wisdom from it. Yeah, I agree. I like, and, and I, I, you know, and we've talked. I can't even make sense of it. Like he says, <laughs> you're you're going to strike me down, and then this ritual is going to do in this thing, and and it's somehow like rewriting the little bit about Luke that there's some kind of ritual there. Like I didn't like that. Yeah, at all. and then he says they're like a dyad, so. Actually, I'm gonna suck both of your powers, yeah. and it's and a special he, thing. She kills him yeah. anyway, and yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, th- although the the passing of the lightsaber to Kylo, 
Badass. Through their connection is very cool. And, yeah. and 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 I felt like I mean you and I have talked about it before. I don't know if I've talked about it on the show, but that's how I felt. My I was the exact feeling I had in like season two of the leftovers. Mm. There were some like amazing moments of genius mm. in there. Yeah, yeah. And other and they spent all their time <laughs> going to a flipping hotel and flipping around and like jumping around in a mud pit. <laughs> right? Like tell me what it's like for her to get that phone call mm. and think that it happened again. Mm. Right? That is the most interesting thing that happens. Mm. And I think in this and we have so like they're rewriting some force powers. You're yeah, like yeah. passing stuff through space and you're healing people. Mm-hmm. Right? That's fine. Which was interesting that they did line up Yeah, with the Mandalorian. With the Mandalorian like a week before to kind of set that up. Uh, and, and although, you know, they, they make things more messy with these force ghosts having lots of powers, being able to handle physical things. Luke pulls the ship out of the water, and I'm like, why aren't they helping otherwise? <laughs> Where are they otherwise? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I don't have, I don't nitpick those things too much, but um, yeah. it's a story. But I think we're wrapping this up, we'll wrap this conversation. Up. And we will have some great guests lined up to come to the show and tell some great stories and talk about movies coming up. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. <laughs>